0: Hey, this is Gerald Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show
1: on ESPN Radio.
0: This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. woman on the radio. Wow! Yes. Hidden
2: registers I did not expect.
0: Little you never heard me sing before, have you? Oh, I loved it. It sounded you like ever? Mariah Carey. <laughs> have you ever heard me get it up there yet? No, I've not. I, oh. No. I, just, I might have to do a little. I mean, I'm not warmed up right no, now, so fine. it wouldn't be a proper representation of it. But if you'd like, with this with this raspy voice of mine, I, I may go it. I may go up there right now. <clears throat> oh, All right, go. wait. Hang oh, open on. I know <clears throat> I'm probably going to be an octave or an octave and a half below what I can get to if I'm warmed up properly. Mm-hmm. And many times when I'm on set and I'm trying to soothe myself, I've actually, you know, belted out an aria or two, you know, or I'll go into something more gothic. Like, I'll, like for instance, today, I'll probably tease you with a little Ave Maria. Okay. And many people will look and they'll actually, with my mouth just closed from seeing it go, where is that coming from? Because they never expect the big fat boy to be able to, with the raspy voice. But here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Okay, that's about warmed up. So I'm gonna get. Oh. Thank you,
1: thank Great you very much. I have, I that's have
0: a, a partial paralysis in my left testicle right now. Oh my goodness! But uh, that's the same p- man who yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected. You didn't know you could take me out. No. You didn't know you could take me out. Uh, so I got to, I got to discuss something with you right now. So we posed yesterday at the conclusion of the show for what I hoped could be a poster or a backdrop of of this show with Paulie the mole myself. K-Rock Josh, and we even threw in Dickman. Mm -hmm. Now, we had Miss Robin uh, take care, the guy who makes this thing, said, look, you can do it on a a pretty good phone if you've got an iPhone, you know. It's a nice phone. It's a good phone. It takes a good picture. It will service what we have to do. I have to tell you that it was, you know, short of her thumb being in the middle of the picture. It's a terrible shot. It frames this out. It's got Syracuse like all out of, out, coming out of the corner of your ear. Yeah, It's this awful lower angle, <laughs> which I have no problem looking like a fathead anyway in a picture. I mean, it's absolutely the worst picture of it. <laughs> Terri- it's terrible. This is my wife knowing that this could be the backdrop for the whole show. And uh, what happened? What, I'm, 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 I'm looking up at the monitor right now, and Scottie Pippen suddenly is morphed into Lionel Richie. <laughs> Did you see this? Wait, what do you see? he comes back to wait, wait, they really? Come back to Scottie Pippen. Ready? Come on, come back to it. Oh, they're showing the cornrow oh, yeah. style right now. No, come back to Pippen. You gotta, you gotta have to hang on a minute now. If anyone's watching this right, now. they don't come back to Pippen for God's sake. He, he looks. He's he suddenly looks like Lionel Richie. So um, the
3: backdrop is going to be the picture. Should we not get so, caricatures of us
0: drawn? Would that not be better? Well, I thought a picture of us under the ESPN radio sign so we can cover the ESPN radio sign, and that will, that'll be up there anyway. But certainly, you know, to, to, to have that, where the way it's positioned, she's on an angle. It's not. It, Regardless, it, it, we needed a promotional photo, anyways. Yeah, we yeah, had to it, have it, something. This, look at look look Lionel Richie. Wow. <laughs> he, looks like wow. Lionel Richie. he looks like Lionel
3: Richie. He looks like Lionel Richie in the video where they make the clay sculpture of his head. Hello. Right, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is <laughs> it like. me? That's, me that's me what it is.
0: He does. He me. looks like Lionel Richie with that claymation of him. I can <laughs> <laughs> see his claymation. He's it it Cody Pippen, his claymation Lionel Richie. You know what? When I come to think of it, I've never seen Scottie Pippen and him in the same room at the same time. Yeah. They could be. That's a conspiracy. for they this could, week. I like Wait, that. wait, wait. Please cut back to it cut, for the audience. Look, <laughs> up, look at it. Look at it. What's with the do? Scottie Pippen. Some weird I want to see in SPN Portland. Right now and- I was once in Portland and this guy thought for, you know, he must have thought he had Alec with him because he's taking me to look at these. I'm going to buy a house. I'm gonna, yeah. I was living up there. And so he takes me to Scotty Pippen's house when he played with the Blazers. He built this, oh, this gigantic crib. And it's all that big, you know, marble archways and pillars and all this crazy <laughs> stuff with a full in, indoor uh, basketball court. And an p- indoor pool. I mean, it was just—it just went on and, on and on and on. And I was like, what, not, no, "Dude, what? what, what well, how much is yeah. this house go for? You know, in Portland, yeah. three millions—a lot for. Yeah. It was like six million dollars for yeah. the house, which would mean in L.A. it was forty million. We were
2: looking know? at Cal Ripken Jr.'s house yesterday. I actually it's on the lived, market. Yeah, I actually lived right right next. Look
3: at look at it now, Scotty Pippen's
0: house. Scotty, I'm mesmerized by by Scotty. I'll sing for the Commodores, Pippen. He's he's worth a ton of money though, still, isn't he, Scotty yeah, well, Pippen?
3: There are stories that he lost it all, but I'm. Saying he's worth fifty million—that's respectable for being uh, part of the triple. Because there's a story that he bought an airplane that he didn't realize he had to get the hangar and keep the plane, and it costs like a million dollars a year to like the own a who, plane. Is that the guy and who wins a hundred grand and buys a ninety thousand dollars car gets two man. miles to the gallon? Like, oh, I guess I'm yeah. going to tell you, man. He didn't realize that he had to like maintain the plane <laughs> and hire the pilot. It costs money to fly it yeah. and stuff. It's like a million dollars a month to own a plane. Oh.
0: Oh yeah, god, and and then too, you've got to have a jet pilot license, yeah. you got to hire a crew, yeah. you got to you got to every time you land the plane somewhere else, you pay a rental fee to leave the plane there. Oh yeah, it's crazy. You're burning through thousands of dollars in well, gas every mile or whatever you're taking. I was on a movie with Christopher Lambert and we decided we're going to fly down. He goes, "Well, he goes, we can split the cost if we want to take a fr- private plane." And we we're going to fly down to from from Vancouver, uh, Washington. Uh, down to uh, his place in New Mexico. So I said, well, what does that cost? You know, I mean, I wasn't in that in that bracket at mm-hmm. the time. And I said, uh, what does that cost? He goes, well, it's 10 grand. I think at the time it was 10 grand to fly now. But then you have to take the pilot and the co-pilot and put them up for the amount of days that they stay in a hotel. And you've got to pay them a smaller fee, but for them to stay there, it's their time. So yeah. if you want the, so they stay and you pay them. You pay the dock and hangar the plane, you pay for the There's a service that brings the plane out. I mean, it's all, by the time it was done, it was like $35,000 <laughs> to fly down for four days. I went, dude, I'll run down there. Yeah. <laughs> you pay me the thirty I'll deliver your bags. Are yeah, like, exactly. crazy? <laughs> what are you thinking about? $35,000 for four days in New Mexico. You used Mexico. to say that Barclay used to fly everywhere, though, right? No, they used to do something that was really insane. I was in uh, Seattle, and it was Gary, Peyton, and myself, and Charles. Charles was with Phoenix, and he came up, and I went down to go see Gary, and Charles mm-hmm. was there. And so at the end of the game, you know, you've got all the floozies and then the wives and different, some guys who are friends that are waiting and they all wait by this tunnel that the players walk back out of from the locker room. So I'm waiting there and there's this guy who's got, you know, this bow tie on, this long trench coat, and he's uh, uh, an older, um, really tall African-American guy. So I'm thinking to myself, well, he must have been somebody in the league at one time. I don't recognize him, Mm -hmm. whatever. And Charles walks by and he goes, Charles. And Charles immediately looked at me, you know, hey, Victor, how you doing? He goes... I just wanted you to know our services are available to you should you need us tonight. I'm at the usual number. And I turn around and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah, so like, I go, who's, who's that dude? Him he goes, or something? The Hilton in Las Vegas sends him. He's the concierge guy for the plane. They fly around to the cities that Charles is playing in. Oh. And they, just on the if that he might want to get on the plane and go back to Vegas and gamble, it's like 20 grand to follow him each game. And it's worth it because he'll go play for three four five hundred thousand oh dollars and then they'll God. fly him on to the next game in utah and drop him off wow so i go, I go they don't even know if you're gonna play and they just show up <laughs> he goes yeah they follow me anytime i'm you know within like a five state region or six state region of phoenix he's a or mark vegas, they marked they marked him and they would mark. follow <laughs> so you're trying to big ball it with your friends and you got a free jet ride back to vegas in the free room I'm in. I'm going. Yeah, 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 I mean, if yeah, I had yeah. that kind of dough, and I would never gamble for that kind of money. But but yeah, because he played for that kind of oh, cash. Oh, wow. So I've got an incredible story that I'm going to open up with. And this may not be sports related, but I think it does need to be dealt with. Sure. A man was caught masturbating in a Burger King in Nebraska. We've all been there. I okay. mean, Jimmy, <laughs> come on out. There <laughs> we <laughs> That's
3: a whopper of a story.
0: One of the Lincoln (laughs) restaurant employees who witnessed the event told police that 24-year-old Khaled Khalil kept entering and exiting the restaurant, and when he'd get inside, he would begin masturbating. Mm. The witness also told police Khalil's genitals were fully exposed. (laughs) When officers arrived on the scene and tried to speak with the suspect... They said he appeared to be intoxicated and would not speak to them. Khalil was arrested and taken to jail for indecent exposure. Police reported that the man has no priors and is not a registered sex offender. He is now. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, 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 I flash back immediately to the song, Hold the Pickle, Hold the Lettuce. <laughs> Special order, don't upset us. Uh, so I'll this has is, this is, this is created a rash of, of emails and comments that were on Twitter. Fast food. And if I could uh, find them. Hornballs. Uh, He's doing it his way. Have <laughs> it, ha, boom Frakakalaka says, Have it your way. Maybe they should clarify the exclusion during the commercials. False advertising.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll do what I want. I like,
0: the, my, I like that guy. <laughs> so?
2: so. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah. So what? Cut <laughs> this to <was> America. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Wait, yes. There's, huh? there's some other. There's some other jewels. And he was
2: there. drunk. I've been real drunk. I've never been uh, hammered and touching has. myself in a Burger King drunk. I'll tell you that much.
0: I, if there was that Taco Bell incident, but yeah, it, but, it was long ago and yeah. I've since forgotten. Cannot about. be spoken of. Sure. So yeah, no, it's, it's history. <laughs> well, that was an exciting piece to do. Um, uh, I. I I'm trying to wonder what I would do if I was in a Burger King with some guy or even an he'd employee. punch him, right? I mean, well, he'd he'd see hit the him. Guys, you gotta hit a guy. But, but the guy's really hammered. I mean, yeah. He's hammered. He can't even talk to a cop. I'm thinking I'm gonna help the guy. I'm gonna go, dude, you gotta go.
2: Specify the hell,
0: dude. Have you seen the special sauce, my friend?
3: <laughs> you need a little help with that? <laughs> hey, hey. No, no, so no. like a little mayo with those fries? <laughs> oh, hey, no. <laughs> Uh oh, I steady. don't if you're there with your kids though, you punch them, right?
0: Well, I think this you is late. Him? I don't imagine this is midday. I mean, you know, I imagine this is later maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> in the middle of the day he came <laughs> in. He just, <laughs> he, just <cracked. laughs> he just cracked one out. You're like, ah, yeah. right. ah, here we what do Well, you do take time. I don't know, man. I'm heading over to Burger you King. Know, I'll find something to do. <laughs> Been drinking <laughs> since 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. A- <laughs> he had to be on an all-nighter,
3: no? That's a well-known because. Yeah. Yeah, when does that pop into your head? Like, hey, I'm just going to go down to the Burger Pop into King. your head? That yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to drive down to the Burger King and do that.
0: Or maybe he was heading to the Burger King anyway. I'm and he's picturing like, he's hammered. He stops mm-hmm. in the Burger King that's open late. But, but the funny thing is, according to the employee, is that he walked in. Cranked it out, started yeah. working it, and then goes back out the water. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, Ms. Smear.
3: It's halftime.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he did it several times. Oh, I, can, so I can't it, even do that. I salute it, that. That sounds to me like he's going for the short effect. Of the, he uh, could have uh, had uh, Whiskey D. Oh, yeah, maybe. And maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's
3: just sitting there all night.
0: He's just sitting there out. He's trying to start the engine. Maybe he's got an old lady in the car. Wow. trying to start the engine. Uh, maybe he, got, he found, like, a stash of Viagra, and he was just checking was like, the, was this checking his junk. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was checking his junk. We've got Jerry McNamara coming up. What a did.
2: lucky discussion he gets to follow here uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. on ESPN <the laughs> <Yeah>. Radio. <laughs> Jared, you <laughs> know what?
0: <laughs> Jerry's going to be on after this, and you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Saturday, the Orange head to Cameron Indoor for a meeting with Duke. Cover starts at 4.30, tip-off at 6 on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort
2: and Casino. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse, joining us on the phone as he does every week, courtesy of Drivers Village and Burdick BMW, The assistant coach of your Syracuse men's basketball team, Jerry McNamara. Now, Jerry, I'm not going to harp on last night's game. I like to look forward. But what did we learn from last night's loss?
1: Well, we fight. You know, I I think that's the one thing. uh, You know, the one thing all year we've been really proud of is we fight. You know, we fight to the end. And, you know, we just didn't really have anything going in the first half. We had a hard time touching the paint. You know, previous few games, I thought we were in a pretty good offensive rhythm. They do such a good job of sending help. Uh, Forcing into the perimeter, and early on we settled. You know, we settled a lot for early jump shots, and never found a rhythm. And in the second half, we started driving it more aggressive. Tyus went through a stretch where he was terrific. Frank kind of eased the tension with a couple made jump shots. Uh, you know, Shea starts the second half and hits a pop-out three, so uh, you know, we found a little bit better flow offensively in the second half. Um, you know, but still, you know, we we fought back, and, and we have it to five, and they hit it back breaking three, and then you know, you get, they get it back to eight, and all of a sudden we battle back again and uh, end up tying the game, and we just weren't able to complete it. You know, obviously some confusion at the end, and um, you know, had a couple good looks uh, in reality to, to, you know, either tie the game or take the lead late, and uh, just weren't able to capitalize, but, you know, our guys, it's you know those are the tough ones to take. They really are. They're, they're the difficult ones to swallow, because you're in it at the end, and uh, you know, you fight so hard to get back in it, so it's a little bit heartbreaking, but uh, there's really no time to feel sorry for yourself when you have 48 hours later you have to Duke
2: exactly so now you had two Cameron indoor to play the number five team in the country what's the thought process what's the mindset going into this weekend
1: well I think the mindset is the same mindset we had when we flew to miami um, you know we we dropped one at home uh, a game that we were in against NC State in our place that we weren't able to capitalize on and uh, you know you refocus and go on the road and try to do the same thing you know I, I, I talked to a couple of the guards Last night after the game, and I said, "Listen, you know, the focus needs to go, you know, immediately from this game. Let's let's watch some film tomorrow. A little bit of this of what we can do better, uh, and then turn our focus to, you know, obviously another great opportunity in a really difficult environment. I think Duke is probably the best talented team. You know, I think they they have the most talent in college basketball, uh, playing really well at the right time." I think the biggest thing is, you know, with these guys, they've switched primarily to zone defense. You know, they played every possession of zone the last four games, essentially. So, you know, one of the things to me, when you look at these guys, you know, obviously leading our league and and among the, if not the best team offensively in the country, you know, they they were giving up points all season. And when they switched to the zone, you know, three of the last four games they've held their opponents in the fifties, you know, and, and, in the previous 24 games before this last four game stretch, they only held two teams in the 50s. Everybody else is in the 60s or above. and uh, those two teams were the, that those two games were the same team. It was Pittsburgh. You know, so those, those are the only only two games other than the last four stretch. You know, so the zone has changed things for them. You know, with Bagley being out, Grayson Allen has gone to a different level. Um, you know they put the ball into his hands and let him handle a little bit more, put the ball a little bit off the ball. Uh, so they're letting Grayson go a little bit, and man, has he been efficient? Uh, you know, him and Gary Trent are probably two of the purest shooters in college basketball, and uh, shooting it as well as anybody right now. These guys are clicking. They're playing. Uh, they're playing their best basketball of the season. But you know, we're confident. You know, we've played pretty well on the road as of late. Um, you know, not to go in there cocky. You know, there's no reason for us to be, but we're going to go in there confident. You know, we, we we've done it before. We've gone on the road and won. We've won in that building before. So. Um, you know, we, we have a confident group, and that's the way we like to keep them. And, you know, we're fully aware we, we lost a heartbreaker last night, but we're going to hopefully go on the road and, and play good basketball.
0: Jerry, if there's uh you know, you know, you're going in and you want to execute and you want to continue to refine and improve on the things that are your staples. But when you're going in against a team like Duke, who's, who's kind of running hot right now and they're clicking on all cylinders – is, are, are there any significant wrinkles you throw in game to game, or would we, we just continue to try to improve on what we do well and, and what we need improvement on?
1: Yeah, we do. You know, obviously, um, you know, we watch a lot of film on our opponents, a lot of film on ourselves. Um, you know, one of the things you could do is as we're watching these guys is, you know, a lot of these teams run similar action as us. So, you know, when you're watching, you know, an opponent play, for instance – you know, Duke's playing Virginia, and you're watching. Well, Virginia runs one or two sets that are almost identical to what we do. Um, and then you start to envision our personnel in those sets, uh, what we can do with certain guys, mismatch uh, opportunities we can take advantage of. Um, you know, that's kind of how we game plan. How do they defend the ball screen? All right, well, how do they defend in their zone? You know, what kind of action do we run that we can hopefully take advantage of certain areas? You know, that's game planning. That's, that's you know, every, every opponent that we face, uh, we're trying to go in there with some form of idea of how we can attack them. Um, you know, and, and it's no different than Duke. I think the, the one thing, you know, with them switching primarily to zone is, you know, do they change what, what they're doing? You know, do do they go in, you know, when you play us, we're going to be playing zone. You know, do they go in and decide, all right, we played the last few games zone. Um, you know, do we go in and mix? You know, start the game in man-to-man, or do we play zone? And if they hit two threes, do we switch to our man? You know, so we're going to be prepared for both defenses. Um, you know, I, I don't anticipate them playing zone to start because they've been so good. I mean, their defensive numbers don't lie. Uh, they've been a much better defensive team in their zone, so. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to look at some things. We've obviously looked at them already as a staff, and now we're going to, you know, implement them a little bit this afternoon in practice.
0: Beautiful. Well, I, I, you know, I, I'm a kid who grew up on Long Island, spent a lot of time in Brooklyn and in Manhattan. You know, a little rough and tumble Irish drinking family, and I say we go to the Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan, Tanya Harding offense. I'll be down there in in, in the bubble when they come out,
1: <laughs> and I'll take a couple of guys out. Jerry, what do you think? Hi, Daniel. Instead of I, Daniel, we'll do a little I, Daniel. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, these, Can it's you see be interesting. right now?
0: I want to thank it's the members very... of the Academy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to be interesting, though. You know, obviously there's been, uh, you know, with Marvin Bagley, who's, this guy's terrific, uh, but he's missed the last four. You know, he's missed the last few games, and uh, there's really no indication of, of what he's doing, of how severe the injury is to his knee. Uh, if it's precautionary, we we're, we're not sure, so yeah that's another piece. you are talking about the guy that leads the conference and you know scoring, rebounding, field goal percentage, offensive rebounding, uh, double doubles. I mean the guys he's off the charts, you know so I think the great thing for them is they're playing their best basketball and they' they're they're playing it almost without the best player in the country, um which is almost terrifying. they you know and and when when you have guys like Wendell Carter who in the absence of Bagley is averaging around seventeen and eleven. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen's averaging 22 in his absence. I mean, their their offensive firepower is is you know somewhat of an embarrassment of riches. They they have all the pieces. Um, you know, they really do. They're they're, they're really talented. Uh, we got to make sure that we're. You know, I think the one thing against Carolina is what really hurt us uh, in stretches was you know their ability to offensive rebound. And when you face a team like Duke, when you have guys like Grayson Allen and Gary Trent on the perimeter and you, you know, you elevate your, do- your zone and you balloon it a little bit to get out on their shooters, you're a little bit more vulnerable. We have to gang rebound against these guys. You know, Duke and Carolina are one and two in the league and rebounding um, and offensive rebounding. I think, I think prior to last night, they were both, um, I think identical in 14 offensive rebounds per game. Um, you know, so, you know, Duke last night, I, I believe, was plus 14 on the glass against Louisville, uh, who, who's a big physical, you know, a, a, have the ability to rebound with anybody. So uh, that's an area that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, going down there, we're going to have to be pretty good on the glass. We can't afford to give them second second shot opportunities. Their second shot opportunities lead to dunks or they lead to kick out threes. And, uh, that's, an, that's an avenue that we certainly don't want to explore and go down that road.
2: Well, we look forward to the game, and you know, we know we always got your back here, uh, Jerry. And thank you for the time, man. Good luck down in uh, down in Duke.
1: Thanks, Jerry. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, man, See you too.
2: too. If you missed any of that interview with Jerry McNamara, assistant coach for the men's basketball team, you can get that on demand in our podcasts on espn iTunes, and Google Play. We'll reset and come back. Jerry McNamara, courtesy of Drivers Village and Burdick BMW. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino.
0: Hey now, there was a slight delay there because <laughs> Paulie was just. Were you on a little brain part, or were you No, I something? was. I was reading
3: about Scotty Pippen. You've got me in a Scotty Pippen vortex. Yeah, Scotty Pippen West. was featured in a 1997 article in uh, Sports Illustrated about the cheapest people in the NBA and. Waiters and waitresses call them no-tippin'-pippin'.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty Pippin would go into a restaurant and not leave any tip at all? Yeah.
2: Wow. You can't when you're Scotty Pippin. How is that You're work? recognizable. If you're Joe Salzone, that's another story. But How if you're Scotty Pippen, How work? How yeah. do you
0: go in there and not leave a tip when you're... And, and you're right, and you're Scotty Pippin. They're going to know who you are. And your name rhymes with tipping.
3: <laughs> you're
2: just setting them
0: up for a joke. Wow. I like the sign when you're in the Chinese restaurant that says, Tipping is not a city in China. <laughs> <laughs> and it has the cup there for you to put the money in. Also,
3: Kevin Garnett and Sean Kemp made that list. So. Sean Kemp Garn-
2: had a million kids. That's why. I think that he I didn't have to get yeah, any he's, money He left. was the man-child. Oh, he had a lot of babies. Yeah, he did. Him the and Evander Holyfield were in a contest. Yeah. Yeah. I think Holyfield's <laughs> got
0: like 14 kids. <laughs> Do you know what the best one of all is, oh. the greatest celebrity of all time, is George Foreman? Yeah, he just named them all George. He named them all George. Did he name his,
2: he name his daughter George?
0: I think he did, or, oh, or Georgia. Georgina or something yeah. like that. Georgette. Georgia. Oh, man. George
2: Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> well, thank you, Jerry McNamara, obviously, for joining us and talking to yeah, you.
0: So, yeah, that was great, Jerry. I, I always love to have him on. You know, he's a source of a plethora of great statistical information and, and insight on the team. But uh, I got to tell you, they got schooled. I watched the whole game, and, and, and here's, here's what I saw. I saw that old Princeton Celtic... Uh, And some observations I'm going to make too about battle and the way he plays. Um, So first, I'll talk about battle and battle reminds me of particularly in the early years of Kobe Bryant. And I'll tell you why. Kobe Bryant still by the end of his career to my in my opinion never was a great basketball all around basketball player. He was a tremendous athlete and, a, and a, a tremendous offensive weapon in basketball. I never thought he played great defense. I don't think he was terrible. But he didn't play any kind of great defense. And certainly he was a guy who got stuck in the air with the ball so many times. He had he was not a great assist guy at all. A guy like Magic Johnson who distributed the ball when he drove, he drove with the intent many times to bring traffic to him because he was able to displace disperse the ball to other players and let them score. Um, uh, the same thing happened when you watch battle get the ball and you're down shot clock to within... Twelve seconds, and he's dribbling at the top of the key. Everybody in the building knows he's going to drive, or he's going to shoot, or create a shot to drive. You're not looking at all for the ball to leave his hands for an assist. And certainly, when he penetrates, you know, and maybe it's the lack of confidence in Chuk or Sabine or whoever it is that he could dish the ball off to. But if some other guys would cut to the basket when he drove. I don't I don't know if he would pass, but he doesn't now. So he becomes an easy mark for them to, and he makes some really tough shots too. I mean, he's he's he does. He reminds me of young Kobe Bryant. The second thing that happened when I said the Princeton offense and the old kind of Celtic years, you watched the ball go into May last night, and he made that extra little pass. They probably had you know six to eight baskets that were layups. I mean, now they were semi contested, but it was because that guy. Came off to double team May as it looked like he was going to shoot, and he just dumped off a little tiny bounce pass, and that and that was to me the difference in the game. Not the seventy seventy they blew it with the turnover. Chuk took the ball, and again, I, I, I said to Jerry, I said, let's get a cane and let's get the old caning days, you know, in China. Yeah. Let's get a cane and give Chuk the ball. If the ball comes below his waist, whack him in the thigh really, really hard. I mean, he gets the ball on an offensive uh, on a board. And he does not we stop watching the TV he froze he, he well his his instinct is not to turn around at seven foot two and put it in a basket mm-hmm. and he also had
3: Howard in battle wide open on the outside
0: and like all he had to do was pass it out man sh- put the ball in the basket you're, you're seven foot two the defender is six foot eight and you're four feet if he turned around with his arm he could almost dunk it. And instead, he kept his back to the basket. He brought the ball down low. He actually, a couple times in the paint, put the ball on the floor, which, he, you know, he's not the most prolific dri- dribbler in the game. <laughs> no. So, you know, I don't know what he's... But, but I asked Jerry, I said, what do you have to do to get him? You know, and so I remember I brought up a guy. I don't know if you can remember the name. You might remember the name. I said this name, and uh, uh, McNamara did not remember him. Do you remember Uwe Blob? No. <laughs> okay, why doesn't anyone remember Uwe, Uwe Blob. Blob? Look him up.
3: Okay. Uh, I think I it's Oh it. yeah.
0: I'm going to say it's U V E B L A B. He was an Indiana University Bobby is. Knight player. Big big white guy from Europe, from like Germany or something. And Blob did the same thing. He there was, he is, right
2: there. Uve Blob. There he is.
0: Uve Blob. He is a Blob. <laughs> no, let me tell you something, though. He was like that Mark Eaton. He was, like, he was you know, close to seven feet tall, big, big guy. Yeah. And he had a decent shot but knight was crazy about the fact that he would not shoot the ball when he was close to the basket when he got the ball down to the low post so what he did was he had multiple shooters stand around the basket and they would shoot and every time he got the ball he had 1 second to put the ball back in the basket and he would, and he would do it you know for 10 minutes with four guys shooting you know he just shooted shoot, yeah. until the guy was just dying were you looking him up now getting some stats Seven foot one, 252
2: pounds, first-round draft pick in 1985, went to the Mavs. You, you this
0: just shows you back then how much the
3: game's changed. He lasted eight years in the NBA just because he was giant. Seven 7'1". <laughs> yeah. He, he averaged two points. His highest average was 2.6 his rookie year. And then the rest <laughs> of his career he was two one one eight. you know.
2: But I see what Daniel's saying. Why don't we have a guy who's going to stand there and then when the ball bounces, Let me tell ta- you ta- ta- something.
0: If I'm seven foot two, they're young, and my defender. So, so now I'm going to say this. So, at six eight, he's five inches shorter than he's five inches that, that May is than 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 uh, uh, Chuke. Okay, no, he's six inches shorter. So he's six inches shorter. Now I'm six one. So if I'm playing against a guy who's five seven in the post, I'm going to the rack on him. I'm going to the rack on a five foot seven guy. I am. That's the. That's exactly what we're talking about. Then when he puts his arm up. He's a, probably another inch taller than him, too. So he's, he's, he's seven or eight inches bigger than this guy, May. And he's not turning and putting the ball in the hole. That's got, they got to teach that guy this. A lot of rebound trouble with Dolajai, too, in the
2: beginning. I mean, they got to the point where uh, Beheim was just screaming at anybody that was near him because Dolajai was making so many mistakes and they'd take him out, put somebody else in. He's another guy that they count on a lot to get those boards. They're also not big guys. Yeah. They're no, Dolgaj weighs yet. 97
0: pounds. No, but if I'm if I'm if I'm in the off season this year, now remember when you throw muscle mass on a guy's frame, it can often change his shot. And certainly, I remember when I went, when I played football in college, um, you know, and I gained a lot of weight, you know, and from working out. Uh, it changed my my fine motor skills, you know, my, my, just how my arm extended and shot a basketball. I had a shot put it a little bit more than I didn't have quite as good a touch. Um, and that changed, you know. Years later, as I wasn't as big as I was, but I'll say this: I'm putting that guy on the 50 pound program. So if it, I mean I weigh more than 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 the seven foot two guy now, you know. So I mm-hmm. mean, well, how do you explain that? I mean, mm-hmm. he 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 looks like Manute Bowl out there for God's yeah, sake. You know, very we, thin. We got we got to get him up. He should be seven two two thirty two forty. Yeah. You know, and and they can do that real fast nowadays. And really that's what can. Jerry said.
2: Jerry said that we got a lot of problems getting that. If, if they get their own rebounds, they, the opposing team will kick it right back and, and shoot a three, and that happens time after time.
0: Well, you got to remember, too, that if this guy is a threat on the inside, it opens up the three-pointer much better because you can't cheat way out and guard the guy yeah. shooting the three-pointer because you're going to need help inside.
3: Yeah, you're never going to get a more open three-pointer than off of an offensive rebound right. from the center. So, that's, right. But that's right. He's sure. 227 pounds, Pascal Chukwu.
0: Oh, I weigh I weigh more yeah. than Chuku. Yeah, so he should go up to two fifty, put twenty five on him, and that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different. But twenty five more pounds on that guy, he still wouldn't look big.
1: No, I mean he's it's
0: stretched out. No, he is stretch up. What, what what was Mark Eaton? Was he like seven? Oh he's four? a giant. <laughs> he was a he was a giant, wasn't he? But I just he, remember Kevin Johnson
3: dunked on him so hard one game and it made me so happy. He was seven four.
0: Oh my god. Two hundred and seventy
3: five pounds. Right,
0: seven two seventy five. I mean, so he's chuked two inches and fifty pounds. Yeah, he was a big dude. He he changed a lot of guys' shots when that when you went in and he wasn't somebody you could push around. He wasn't a great basketball player. The center position did
3: nothing back then. <laughs> he, did, did. he got like five points
0: because I remember yeah, him. But, yeah, but check this though: he has the league record like every year. He led the for league block in blocks, shots. yeah, like
3: four, five, five blocks a game. Five blocks a game,
0: yeah. That's some blocking. One mm-hmm. year, yeah. so if he so if he blocks five a game, he changes nine more. You know, yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. That's a big guy. Yeah,
3: he was five time All Defensive uh, Team and two time Defensive Player of the Year.
0: Two time Defensive Player of the Year. Now, now you're going to take that with not a lot of offensive production because of how well he's doing and what he does on defense. So, so yeah, we we I certainly don't want Chuk to become Mark Eaton though. I don't want that. Is Chuuk done growing? How old is he? I don't know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. like a sophomore. I, mean, I would isn't he? assume he's done. No, he might, he's, a, he's, no, he's a, a junior. He's a junior. He's got his junior? girl spurt. He'll, 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 he'll spurt. He no, I'm just kidding. A little I think spurt seven seconds. A, little spurt, a, little, a little spurt. Yeah, get up there. See what's going on. Wake up one day and not fit in his own bed anymore. We'll like, see how that works
0: out. I like
2: that. You want to come back and do a so what?
0: We're going to come back and do a so what, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about an incident that happened with the North Korean cheerleading team at the Olympics. We'll be back with the Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN Radio. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Is it me
3: you're looking for? This Saturday, it's Syracuse Lacrosse right here on ESPN 97.7. The Orange welcome Army West Point at 2. Orange pregame at 1.30. This is the Daniel
2: Baldwin Show presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino.
0: Hey now, the mighty Delago Resort and Casino. You know, Robin and I are thinking of going back out this weekend. let mm. see what shows are going on there. We got a little round of Pauly the Moles. So what, Pauly? Bring it to us.
3: Uh, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson will join the New York Yankees at spring training camp in Florida on Monday. He'll do training for with them for a week, but won't play in any games.
0: Now we had the big. I'm going to not say so what yet. We had the big argument about Tebow, who now you know you look like you might be you know, in little, a little a, a portion of crow, not yet full crow, because he is going to come and he is going to play. And I think Tebow ends up he's going to play baseball because he has got no other option to go to football. Now Wilson, is he really going to play baseball? No, I mean, he's just doing a week of tryouts or like just doing the. Week. what if they want to they want to pay him and play? Would he, he ever walk away from Seattle? right No, now? there's no he, way, right? He no, can't.
3: he's just going to do the cross training stuff and keep in shape. For a week, and then once they start okay. playing games, he's out.
0: Well, Just I'd a like publicity th- stunt. Why and, can't yeah. they do the two sport thing? What happened?
3: I don't know that he's good enough.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and Pauly brought up a good point too. Like n- the owner of whatever team the is not going to want him playing the other team. So, like I am saying, that if like you know, Tebow's on, uh, let's say he's on the Patriots, well, are yeah, not going to You got to go remember play baseball. how the other
0: guys got away with it. No, so, so Bo Jackson, namely, uh, was one really big one, uh, and Dion another one. Where they turned around and they said, Well, if you don't like it, trade me. That's what he said, you know? So Bo Jackson went, No, I'm playing baseball for the Kansas City Royals. And the Raiders were like, Well, you know, and now anyone, then trade me. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to want my services for three quarters of the season if we go deep into the playoffs. And if you're not that guy, trade me to somebody else. So I doubt very much if he insisted that he wanted to play baseball, that Seattle would say, We don't want you to be our quarterback. I'm I just, although that is the quarterback. So there is a bit of a difference there. But I would imagine that the baseball team was pissed off when Bo Jackson
2: blew his leg out playing football. They probably lost a bunch of money there.
0: Yeah, I I would imagine you're right. Dislocated up.
3: John Schuster and his United States team will play for a gold medal against Sweden after a 5-3 semifinal upset over Canada in curling. The U.S. had never beaten Canada before in curling.
0: This is a monumental event. How could this ever be considered a so what? How could it ever be considered a so what? The first time ever, <laughs> ever, ever, that we beat Canada. <laughs> I mean,
2: the hockey team is what you're talking about? Or the curling, no, the curling team? team. Oh, I
0: don't even know. So what? Oh, <laughs> I, say so. I say those commie bastards that we've trusted for years up north. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. They tried to kill the Baldwin brothers in South Park. I don't know. Like I think
3: it. it's a cool story.
0: I think it's a cool story.
3: You know, you do something, do you beat Canada. They're one sport they're good at. We saw the... The women's team hockey
2: beat the Canadians And the Canadians are taking off their silver medals
3: right now Yeah one of the girls took her silver You see that off. they put
2: the silver medal on the Canadian hockey team And the girl took it right off
3: Sour grapes
2: Sour grapes man
3: Well she
0: took it off because it was it right unacceptable on,
3: Because though. it was silver she
2: wanted gold They've won gold for the last 16, 16 years Or 16 well, Olympics I guess whatever
3: well, that's that Sour grapes, huh? That sounded factual.
2: It's either 16 years or 16 Olympics. <laughs> I, I feel I'm like gonna say, 16 I'm years. I'm going to say 16 years. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think they've had girls hockey for 16 <laughs> yeah, years. I don't even think I, you that, know, that, you would, that would be, uh, yet. Yeah, wait, that would be think, 40, uh, 24, 64 years. Yeah.
3: Uh, and a follow-up to one of yesterday's story, the NBA has announced on Wednesday that Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban has been fined $600,000 for recent comments about his team tanking.
0: Now, I said he's going to get fined big for this, that he's, because there was more than that. He, he suggested that it would be to their advantage if they did tank. Now, Dirk Nowitzki has been put on record as of last night to say... No one took that. He came to Mark Cuban's defense. He said, no one took that as that we're supposed to try to and blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, it clear look at this shot. That's <laughs> so great. This guy on TV just got hit in the face. We watch TV. We really don't talk. to and him. I don't know. <laughs> These are all pre-recorded you messages. Turn that, that TV off. during the our radio show Yeah, yeah Paulie's been watching on he TV. He's like
2: a little baby. He gets distracted by things like shiny, shiny lights Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you, are you? Should you have been a fish? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's close to
2: it. He really is.
3: <laughs> and finally, in a in a TV and celebrity related story, Chevy Chase was beaten in a. <laughs> In a road rage in incident. in a wasn't? road rage incident? I read about this. Yeah. Um, I
0: got to tell you, one of the strangest days... Well, first of all, I've worked with Chevy. I did a movie with him um, called Nothing But Trouble with Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, John Candy, and Demi Moore. Um, and uh, so I got to work with him, and that was... Uh, it was a challenge. Mm. It was a challenge at times working with him during that time of his life. He was a big, big movie star, and uh, and he sure let us know that he was. Yeah, there's no secret uh, to that point in his life. Yeah, no, no, it's no. It's been no, widely that's publicized. But, but later on, after that, Gary Shandling, who was my neighbor... Mm. Um, moved away from where we lived in the valley and he moved out to Mandeville Canyon, which is out kind of on the way to, in the hills, beautiful hill country near Malibu. And he said, hey man, we're going to play basketball. Gary liked to play basketball. We shot around a lot. Yeah, I heard that. So we're going to play hoop at his house. So I go there and Chevy Chase, Gary Shanley, and some of these guys that write with Gary and uh, oh God, what, Rip Torn. <laughs> so Rip Torn, <laughs> Rip, <laughs> Rip Torn, you got yeah, yeah, to yeah. see this. Rip Torn comes out. Now at the time, you know, I'm like, 35 40 and and I can hoop you know mm. I've been playing a lot I yeah. play it almost every day and you know, I'm in pretty good shape and so I'm looking at Gary and I'm thinking okay I'm well I'm gonna run right over him mm. but it, but he but he could play yeah. you know Chevy you know he looked like a a, a, a melting popsicle stick you know I mean he just he he was he was soft all around and he he didn't look like he was gonna be But rip had the choo-choo engineer hat mm. on and these big black like almost fireman looking boots it was the strange thing he looked like he looked like something out of the dead zone where he was gonna come out of a closet and start stabbing someone and he ran his he was like he had to be 60 something at the time and he's running his ass off after people and and, you know he was one of those cause he played awkwardly and like kind of officious you know he'd knock into you when you shine oh sorry sorry and you couldn't go up out with the old man (laughs) who's tripping over these black you know army boots whatever he had on but it was the most surreal experience, too. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm thinking, do I take Chevy Chase to the hoop? I mean, that's like running by my kid. Yeah. You know, So so I just laid back outside and chucked, and I kind of dished it off <laughs> and watched them beat each other up. It was like watching like a, like a spaz team go at it. You know?
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot how much I liked the movie Nothing But Trouble that you were in it. And Josh will know the movie because of Digital Underground's theme song. Yeah. Same song. All around the world, same, it, yeah, same was, song. Uh, so wait,
0: before you play it, before you play it, before you play it, because you're going to hear me on it. So what happened was they came in and they did the movie, and then Danny Aykroyd calls me up like a month later. He goes, dude, you want to be in the video <gasps> of Same Song? He goes, and we'll get to rap on the album. So now you're watching from the movie, but in the, in the video we shot, we play, we Danny and I play the guards that are holding the big swords. Watch if, if, they, if they have them in there. Go ahead, play it. There's Annie. <laughs> I'm in the video with him. Tupac was in this song. I know, bro. I sat down while we're shooting this thing, having lunch. And this young brother sits down with me, yeah. and he starts talking to me. I go, "What's your name?" He goes, "My name's Tupac." This is the first album he ever rapped on. Yeah, he was in he was in Digital Underground. Yeah, he was in Digital Underground. This was such a bizarre movie. Same <laughs> <laughs>
3: song. We're running late. Oh, we gotta go. Like Are we going
2: out? Oh. Yeah. All right. I guess um, that's it. We'll bump out with Digital Underground. Thank you, Liverpool Pool and Spa. Thank you. Thank you, Pauly. Thank you, Joe Celzo. Brent Axe up next. Money.